The Studio DNA Network presents Sports Yak. Two guys talking sports and stuff like that. And stuff. And other stuff. And now here are your hosts, Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. Take it away, you dopes. And welcome to episode three of Sports Yak. Hi, my name is Corey. With me as always, Chuck Freebie. Hi, kids. Chuck, any feedback from episode two from our multitude of fans? Well, as a matter of fact, Derek, who big fan of the show, um, remarked on my rant on Milwaukee no longer having secret stadium sauce that he shared that passion and was disappointed when Miller Park had changed out its concessionaires. So we appreciate Derek chiming in on that. So that was a big deal when that happened, do you think, with fans? Oh, I think so. I mean, Secret Stadium Sauce was an entity unto itself. It was thinner than a barbecue sauce, had just a little bit of kick, has not been replicated anywhere that I know of. They used to sell it in bottles at County Stadium, and now I don't know where it is. If somebody up in Wisconsin is listening to the show and knows where to find it, please let us know. Congratulations uh, to a sauce that would make it so big that they would sell it individually. Wow. And yet it's disappeared. I wonder if we can find it online. We could look. All right. Well, we Not during this show, though. No? No. I will pull back the transparency here. I'm watching my Ticketmaster app. Yeah. The, this show is being recorded Friday morning so that we can get this done in time for Corey to get his Garth Brooks tickets. <laughs> Ticketmaster and Garth have... Uh, decided to launch the waiting room for the first time during this ticket sale. So as of 9 o'clock, you log on to Ticketmaster, and the countdown clock begins. No matter how many people are in the waiting room, Mm -hmm. they will be the first to have access to the tickets. If you come in at 10 o'clock and try to get your tickets, you're behind all of us that are in the waiting room. I see. So it's I don't know that they've made a big deal out of it publicly, but it, it, I heard about it last it, night. It's a virtual line outside the box office. Yeah, virtual line. So here's my countdown clock. Okay. And as of right now, 40 minutes left. So Mama Debbie wants her Garth Brooks tickets. That's how we know that this is going to be a half-hour podcast today. <laughs> We may go live to the Ticketmaster. It'd be fun to see where uh, if I can get tickets or where we end up sitting. Oh, so. you'll get tickets. Think so? Yeah. Garth thinks so, too. Hey, I want to say, we didn't get to this on our morning show on the air. Congrats on the great fundraising night for the Women's Care Center. You care to touch on that a little bit? Down in, well, I've been working with Women's Care Center since 1995. My wife was a volunteer, got me involved in it. Now I've been with them for 23 years and lots of times in a fundraising capacity. And so I helped them with about four or five fundraisers over the course of a year. And this week I had one down in Indianapolis on Wednesday night. Great crowd. We had Joe Wrights, a former Indianapolis Colt. He was a guest bingo caller. And we had Julia Moffat from WTHR Sunrise, who was a guest bingo caller as well as one of the as well as one of the Monsignors from Indianapolis. And they all showed up, and we raised uh, maybe about a quarter of a million dollars for the Indianapolis Women's Care Center, which, by the way, is the busiest crisis pregnancy center in the United States of America. Yeah, you told me that uh, this week. That's, that's huge. They have nearly 1,500 expectant mothers right now that they're helping. Wow. And what is it... Uh 
Is it $86 a month to help a, a mom? $83 a month helps a mom. So if you help 12 moms over the course of a year, that's $1,000. I know you're not this guy, but there's a little bit of curiosity, and maybe you've done this. Have you ever counted up how much money you've raised over the years or you've been a part of? Not really. I I say this humbly. I know it's over $10 million. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. And but, I know, I know but, your heart, but I was—I've always been curious. You've—you've you've been a part of fundraising for a long right, time, right? But but that's me participating with lots of other people on yeah. events. I can't say that. Oh, because Chuck Freebie was there, they got all this money. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Vanderbilt this weekend. It's the Irish. It's the Commodores. If you're a Commodore running out of the tunnel, what song do you choose? Brick House. Easy or Machine Gun? Well, I would have to think Machine Gun. It's an instrumental. Feels good. And it should motivate you. You should feel like you're a bullet coming out of the pump. Yes. Do you have a favorite Commodore song opposed from those three that I'd said? Well... I would say it, I would say this once, I would say it twice, I would say it three times, a lady. I'd like to give a shout out to Night Shift. I remember buying that cassette when I was a wee young lad, Commodores. Uh, anything that you've seen from this past week that we didn't talk about in the previous episode? Stuff you're working on for your show that you've noticed? Well, I have noticed an accountability from Notre Dame's players on their performance last week and vowing not to let it happen again. The Hmm. players have taken it upon themselves to say, we overlooked Ball State, we didn't take them seriously, we can't afford to do that again. So they did get a wake-up call. In fact, I've got a piece on Miles Boykin that will run in Countdown to Kickoff on WNDU Saturday at 1.30. And uh, Boykin basically comes out. One of the reasons we did the piece was Miles Boykin had such a great second half. In fact, third quarter alone, he caught five passes for 99 yards. But he also had a pass go off of his hands that was intercepted by a Ball State defensive back. And he said between the wrong routes being run, the misalignment on positions, and the fact that he created a turnover, he just felt awful about his performance last Saturday. And they've got to get better, and they will. Sometimes I think fans forget that we're talking about a full school class load on top of memorizing hundreds of plays. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot swirling around in these kids' heads. No, these aren't professionals. I mean, yes, they are paid. Yes, they're paid scholarship money, and there are high expectations. But just like any other job with high expectations, not everybody is successful all the time. I will tell you this about Miles Boykin. Okay. Man, are we in trouble if he wants to go into this business. He has a great voice. Oh, don't you know it when you hear when you hear it and you're just like, oh. It just comes from down low and it's smooth and it's a nice baritone and it's like very white. Best TV analyst, former player. Go. Ooh, right now or ever? Right now and ever. Oh, right now. Hmm. Let me think about this for a moment. Okay. I Well, I, I like Herb Street on the ESPN college football games. 
I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I think he does a, a real good job of looking at film during the week, finding tendencies, breaking things down. Why isn't he everybody's cup of tea? What what rubs people well, the wrong way? Well, because he went to Ohio State, and so some people think that he favors Ohio State or he's against their team. Okay. Or he's at ESPN, which is in vogue right now, to not like ESPN, which they've earned that to a certain extent. Okay. Uh, I think all time, it's John Madden, hands down, because he revolutionized what analysts do in terms of using the telestrator, in terms of... Uh, in interjecting personality and not just being so analytical, but really bringing personality out into the commentary. The Garth Brooks waiting room countdown clock is at 34 minutes. Good to know. Tick, tick, tick. On Pulse FM this weekend, you can listen to Purdue football. You tweeted something out about the quarterback, Elijah Sindelar. Am I saying that right? You are, and he left practice early on Wednesday with an apparent injury during warm-ups, did not return to the field, was not visible during the period of practice that could be viewed by the media on Thursday. That would leave David Blau, who is the backup, but Blau was the starter for much of last season and, in fact, led Purdue to a 35-3 victory at Missouri last year. Now, Missouri is a much different team this year, as are the Boilermakers. Boilermakers off to their worst start in 22 years. They're 0-2. They're the only team in the Big Ten that's 0-2. Mm. And I think it angers Purdue fans somewhat because here's a Purdue team that last year went to a bowl game. Everybody was optimistic. They've got this new coach in Jeff Brom who, who did a great job in his first year. And they come out against Northwestern. Good team. Northwestern won 10 games last year. They lose a heartbreaker on opening night, nationally televised game. Okay, you can deal with that. And then Eastern Michigan comes into Ross-Aid Stadium and beats Purdue last week 20-19. to And Purdue shot itself in the foot with penalties. They shot themselves in the foot with turnovers. And Purdue fans are like, we invested. We bought in. And now it's the same old thing. You just said something about uh, media practices. Notre Dame has a media practice? Notre Dame does not allow media to its practices most of the time. Okay. Purdue does? Yes. Does the coach, well, when Notre Dame did allow the media to see their practices, was it a full practice or did they hold back not wanting the media to see certain things? Well, there were some practices during the preseason that were open to the media. But we don't know for sure whether they're showing the full boat or not. And quite frankly, there's skepticism as to what they're showing us. Yeah. I doubt that they ever show us the full boat. Now, it's a lot different world because Lou Holtz's practices used to be open. And the media could come in and watch, but that was pre-internet. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's a whole different The only people that would be seeing the tape are local people watching right. our local affiliates, not uh, tweets and live and Periscope and Instagram. And, exactly, okay. where things can get all over the place in an instant. Wow. And as a matter of fact, when you go to a Notre Dame practice, you're not allowed to tweet while you're in there. That's a thing. Which wow. I know would kill you, but... <laughs> kill you at 46 Sports. Uh, IU Ball State. IU Ball State. IU 2-0. They've got a great 
Uh, freshman running back by the name of Stevie Scott, who ran for over 200 yards last week. Can they do that against a Ball State team that has to be feeling good about itself after its performance against Notre Dame? But do they have a letdown? Everybody talked about the letdown that Notre Dame had coming off of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Now, Ball State has come here. They've been on national television. They perform very well, admirably. Turn around. And they play an in-state rival in Indiana, a school that maybe a lot of the Ball State kids wanted to go to but didn't. Can they get fired up a second week in a row? I don't know. You're pretty high on a giving Notre Dame a run for their money. You should feel good about yourself, but you're going to have to put in that same level of preparation yeah. that you did for Notre Dame to get ready for Indiana. Let's segue into high school football. Where are you at tonight? I am at beautiful Rice Field on the banks of the Elkhart River for number 5 Elkhart Central and South Bend St. Joe in the Northern Indiana Conference North Division. Blue Blazers have one of the best running backs in the state of Indiana in Mark Brownlee. He's 12th in the state in rushing, has just shy of 700 yards. Pretty good defense, too. Central's defense has scored a touchdown in every game so far this year and have given up only 20 more points than they've scored themselves. They'll take on a St. Joe team that is very physical on the line of scrimmage, one that suffered its first loss of the season last week to New Prairie. Both teams 3-1 and one, should be a head knocker. We will stream it live on Facebook on our WHME 46 Sports page. We have a man in Spain who is staying up until 3 in the morning so he can watch his beloved Blue Blazers where he went to school. Wow. He's very excited about this, and hopefully you are too. How technology has changed that. What's the feedback been on showing the high school games on Facebook? People love it. People love being able to watch it live because for, well, 29 years now, we have tape-delayed the games and run them at 11 o'clock at night on Friday nights and Saturday mornings at 9, which is also good because if you go to your game, then you can come home and watch another high school game yeah. at 11 o'clock. And, or if you want to go to bed Friday night, you can pop up Saturday morning before the college football gets started, grab yourself a cup of coffee, some breakfast, and sit there and watch a good high school game on Saturday morning and kind of get pumped up for the college games. I like to play a, g- a game called Eat Some Bacon when Chuck makes a pop culture reference. You eat a lot of bacon then. Can you tell? Uh, did you learn how to call football at Rice Field? Well, I was a PA announcer at Rice Field when I was a student at Elkhart Central High School. Yeah. So I will be one booth one booth over tonight. Where'd you learn how to call football? In terms of play by play or yeah. just Yeah. Well, you know what? There was a book that I read when I was a kid called So You Want to Be a Sportscaster, and it was written by Ken Coleman, who was the voice of the Red Sox and the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And he laid out for people the things that they needed to do in order to to call a game. But the way you get good at it is to practice. And so I would sit there in front of the TV and call games and probably drive my parents nutty, but I would try to call games in front of the TV. I did this in college, too. I... They would have <laughs> would really? have parties and turn down the sound on the TV and have me try to call the game. Really? Oh, yeah. So where would you get feedback from? Who, who would you get feedback from that's like, you're doing it right, you might want to try this? Well, or I, 
I did some games on the student radio station in college. Okay. And then when I interned up at WGN, Wayne Larravee, who is now the voice of the Packers, but at that time was the voice of the Bears, listened to a couple of my tapes and gave me some pointers and things like that. Do you remember any of those? Um, I do remember him saying that I had to be quicker in identifying the players, you know, but you have to be accurate too. So it's okay if you're not sure to wait for a moment, but to try to be quicker in identifying who the players are. And the name of the book, once again? So You Want to Be a Sportscaster. By? Ken Coleman. <laughs> Do you still have it? Oh, no. that I got that from the public library. Yeah. Couldn't afford a book. I may have to get you a first print of that for your birthday or something. There you go. Maybe you ought to write a book. Maybe a pamphlet. <laughs> An essay. <laughs> Garth, countdown clock, 27 minutes in the waiting room. Tick-tock. TikTok. You know, I'm wondering, I wonder how many outside the state of Indiana are going to attempt to get these tickets. Not as in a scalping frame of mind of like, I'm going to travel to Notre Dame to see this event. Well, going back to how we started the show, talking about that Women's Care Center fundraiser, that was one of the things that was a prize in the bingo games on Wednesday night was two tickets to... Two tickets. This concert that you're trying to get into. Did you see shows back in the day at Notre Dame, or was that even an interesting? Saw Billy Joel. I was in the second row for Billy Joel at the Joyce Center when the uptown girl herself, Christy Brinkley, strolled out on stage. And for a 19 or 20-year-old young man, well, that was a memorable occasion. Uh, how, did, how did you get tickets back then? Well, you, I was a student, so I think student. I think they allowed the students in either for free or a heavy discount. Really? Yeah. Oh. Is that the only one back then, Billy Joel? That's the only one that I saw as a student. At the Joyce Center. They had a lot more concerts at the Joyce Center back then, though. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they've had everybody, Sinatra, Elvis, Garth Brooks. I saw Garth Brooks at the Joyce Center with my wife, and his opening act was a young lady that was selling T-shirts by the name of Martina McBride, who's done okay for herself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about concerts in the stadium? I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. I think... The whole idea of this stadium renovation was to make more use of the stadium than just six Saturdays out of the year. And really, it makes sense. You've got this huge parcel of land, this huge building, and you're only going to use it six or seven Saturdays out of the year, and then the rest of the time it's just going to sit idly. I think it's wonderful that they're trying to find more ways to use it. So there's that wonderful ballroom on the west side of the stadium where they do different parties and receptions. Yeah. In fact, they have them on both sides of the stadium. So they they got the big separation walls in there in case so depending on what size the party is. Right. So I've been to a, a few soirees there and uh, I think it's great that they're making more use of this. So to me, a concert seems a, a very natural use. I'm excited about the outdoor hockey game they're going to play there on New Year's Day between the Blackhawks and the Bruins. Woo! 
That might be a cold day. Could be, and the fact of the matter is a lot of people around Notre Dame hope they're not around to see it because that would mean that Notre Dame's in a New Year's Day bowl game. Oh, there's that. Back to high school. I'm watching a video on your Facebook page, 46 Sports. Brian Witten? He is the head coach at St. Joe High School, yes. What look is he going for right now? I would say a young Abe Lincoln. A young Abe Lincoln. A young, shorter, squatter <laughs> Abe Lincoln. I know you don't get up to Michigan um, like oh, as much as you probably there want are to. two great games in Michigan tonight. Ugh. Edwardsburg. Here's here's one for you, Corey. They're three games into the season. They still have not been scored on. So Edwardsburg has not been scored on yet this season, and they make the trek to Chris Taylor Alumni Field. Of course, Chris Taylor, as we all remember, the great Olympic wrestler who then went on to wrestle with the likes of Dick the Bruiser, Wilbur Snyder, Cowboy Bob Ellis, Baron Von Roschke at the Northside Gym in Elkhart in a precursor to the WWE Chris Taylor, alumni field, the side of the Dwajak Chieftains, and they'll take on Edwardsburg in a big Cass County rivalry tonight. And then for you, my friend, as a proud Lakeshore Lancer, I know you live for the war on the shore. Oh, you kidding me? St. Joe Bears with their head coach, Gandalf Church, come on over to Al Stockman Stadium in Stevensville and try to take on the Lakeshore Lancers who are struggling this year. Yeah, one and one. Looking a little rough around the edges. And this is the season I bought a new Lakeshore Lancer sweatshirt. Or hoodie, as the kids call them. Well, yeah, because that's what they have. Because that's what they are. Uh, You tweeted out men's basketball. Notre Dame men's basketball. Uh, The schedule is out now. If you were to have a highlighter uh, for the common fan... Which ones would you put uh, as a future game that you should probably attend this season? Let me just tell you a 72-hour period that you should camp out at Purcell Pavilion. Okay. On January 26th, Tony Bennett. Not not Tony Bennett, baby! Not I love my heart in San Francisco and that suit is sharper than a bunch of Gitsu knives! But Tony Bennett, the head coach of the Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, him! Brings his Virginia squad, one of the prime squads in the ACC. They come to South Bend January 26th for an afternoon game. And then Monday night, it's a big Monday because here comes Coach K and the Duke Blue Devils into Purcell to play the Irish just 48 hours after they play Virginia. That's a couple of headliners right there. Okay. Let's see here. Mike's going to have a very young team, by the way. The Irish... They'll be talented, but they will be young. He's used to having a bunch of veteran guys to run things, and he doesn't have that this year. Sunday night football from this past week. We didn't cover this in our first two episodes, but this is very pop culture-esque because Carrie Underwood puts out a new record today, but she also had a new song on Sunday night football called Game On. Brutal. Absolutely. You know, I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. Yes. And I've been waiting all day for that song. And it's fine. Whether it's Carrie or Faith Hill or Pink or whoever they have singing it, 
I've been waiting all day for that song. And then they change the song on me. Okay? This is like going to a Notre Dame game, and I'm waiting for the victory march, and they play, you know, here come the Irish of Notre Dame, and they never play the victory march. You can't do this. You can't! So you're saying... I'm saying I didn't like it. Let me be perfectly clear about that. <laughs> Garth Brooks, Notre Dame Stadium, the waiting room and Ticketmaster, 19 minutes. Tick-tock, you know, if you're tick-tock. in that waiting room, if you're in that waiting room and you've been waiting all hour for Garth Brooks tickets and they turn around and say, oh, it's not Garth Brooks, it's Brooks and Dunn, you're, you're done as well. I'd be upset. And that's how I feel about this. I have had the rug pulled out from under me. I've got one more piece of audio up our sleeve, but do you feel like we've covered everything you'd like to cover as we head into the weekend? Well, let me tell you about the Chicago Cubs last night. Yes, I do have Cubs in my notes. Okay, quick Cubs reference. They won a key game on the road, went to Washington, 24-hour swing, and they win in extra innings 4-3. But this is what they call in Greek mythology a Pyrrhic victory. Mm. Because you win the game, but you might have lost the battle because Pedro Strope, who has been the Cubs' closer, pulled a hamstring trying to run to first base in the 10th inning and is out for at least two weeks and maybe the rest of the season. Now, Brendan Morrow, who had been the closer before he got hurt, might be ready to come back soon. But when asked after the game, Joe Madden did not have any idea who his closer is right now. As we go into the final two weeks of a pennant race where the Cubs lead the division by a mere game and a half over Milwaukee. Can they get somebody? Can they reach out and get somebody? Or are we all done? It's too late to do that. Too late? Uh, There's a Vikings player who loves Starbucks so much that he has a $15,000 blinged out Starbucks logo chain. $15,000. Wow. And Starbucks custom cleats. He's not a client. He just loves his Starbucks. See, I think Starbucks is overrated. Yeah. And I realize that's probably going to limit their sponsorship to this show. But I don't think it was going to happen anyway. I would take Dunkin' Donuts over Starbucks in a heartbeat for coffee. And I'll tell you what, if you want a nice inexpensive cup of fast food coffee, McDonald's, and I know you're a big Speedway guy. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven, excuse me. Uh, since he blinged out his Starbucks chain, what blinged out chain would you like? What would you go with? Would you go Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, when I was hosting the Harvest Show, yes, Kelly Morgan, you remember her. She yeah. was one of the hosts. She now is on WNIT uh, Open Studio. She got me a little bling chain, uh, a gold rope cord with a large sequined microphone in the medallion part of it. Ooh. Yeah. Where is that now? That's in my closet at home, and I bring it out for special occasions. The last special occasion that got brought out. Halloween, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of jewelry, let's go down this path real quick. I was at Comic-Con in Elkhart last week. This was not $15,000. This leather band... And the Does it cap- have a Casio on it? Oh, I'm the, sorry. The Captain America Shield snap was seven dollars. Okay. Been wearing it all week long. I have this particular shield at my house hanging on the wall. Thoughts on the armband that I've been wearing all week? 
Well, first of all, had you not pointed it out to me, I wouldn't have noticed. Wouldn't have noticed at all. But I'm not that guy. Are you a jewelry guy? No. You got the wedding ring. Got the wedding ring. I got a little St. Joseph medallion, and that's it. Medallion every day? Yeah, I wear that every day. Every day. Inside or outside the shirt? Oh, it's inside. Mm-hmm. In fact, most people probably don't even know I have it on. So does that really count as jewelry uh, when you're wearing it and nobody knows you're wearing it? Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a pierced ear in high school, Elton? Nope. Okay. What about you? You uh, know, you're you're fond of asking the questions here. <laughs> Why don't we turn the table on yourself, Pally? Uh, there, there are fo- photos online and social media. I did have ears pierced. Very pirate-esque. They were heavy. Uh, earrings. Uh, I go wedding ring. This is new. The wristband. Mm-hmm. Trying it out. Uh, I am right-handed, and I tried it one day right-handed. Very awkward. It was hitting. I'm sure my mouse, yeah. my pen. So I've gone to this side, uh, but I do enjoy the Captain America logo. I'm, I'm getting a kick out of that. Um, yeah, Would so you pierce anything else? No. I'm I am I'm done with that. Not your nose, not your mouth. No, not as I stare at fifty, that stuff's getting a little thin. I'm not getting a little thin, but that idea is getting very thin. What about tattoos? Would you go tattoos? Yes, I would. Yes, I have. Yes, I will. All right, thirteen minutes in the waiting room of Garth Brooks and uh, Notre Dame tickets. Also, Paul McCartney goes on sale today for Fort Wayne. Ooh, that's on sale today, huh? Yeah, I got the secret code word to sneak in today. Let me ask you this, because this question came up in my household last night. How much are they asking for those tickets? As low as $27.50. You're kidding me. Yep. And Fort Wayne's not a bad place to see a show. No, it's not. I've sent people to Fort Wayne before to see Carrie Underwood when she wasn't churning out Bad stuff for Sunday Night Football. Game off, Chuck Freebie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw as low as twenty-seven fifty, and uh, but they, the the American Express tickets have already gone to the secondary markets. Ballpark one fifty apiece. Oof. Okay. So there's that, yeah. and that's not until next June, by the way. Right. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Twelve minutes away. Uh, how do you feel about legendary? broadcaster, sports and entertainment, also our show announcer, Jim Shorts, on the open and the close. The best. The best, Jerry. The best. Well, Jim has allowed us to use his pigskin picks. I can't wait. Now, who is he picking? Just Bears, Seahawks, or is he picking more? Uh, I have specifically asked for Bears, Seahawks. Bears for the season. So here from Jim Shorts... Pigskin picks, Bears, Seahawks for Monday night. Hey, uh, sports fans, it's me, Jimmy Shorts. You caught me. Uh, I was giving myself a spray tan. Hey, welcome to week two of the NFL. The Chicago Bears are going to play Monday night, and they're taking on Seattle at Soldier Field. Lots of folks are picking Seattle to come into Chicago and win. Forget that. The Bears, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. It's Monday night. Bears head coach Nagel, he's a rabid dog who wants to win. The Bear players want to win. The city wants to win. But I believe in the ghost of George Hallis will motivate the Chicago Bears to come up with an unpredicted win. Therefore, the Bears will win by three points on Monday night. I'm Jim Shorts. Now, have we covered everything we should have covered for this episode? 
I believe we have. You feel good about that? Yes, I do. A Notre Dame, what do you think? Well, I make a prediction on Countdown to Kickoff. I would hate to take away from the drama of that show. But seeing how we have our own thing going here, kids, I'm going to go with the Irish. See, the spread has dropped to 13 and a half. I'll go with the Irish covering the spread, 31-17. Ooh, a high-scoring game. Listen to you. And, of course, you're on tomorrow here locally on the NBC affiliate, Channel 16. And Streaming live before. worldwide. Oh, yeah. WNDU.com. You're on at 1.30 Eastern Time. All right. For those of you listening in the beloved Mountain Time Zone, that's 11.30, young Pedro. <laughs> As always, this is Sports Yak. For my good friend Chuck Freebie, I'm Corey Mann. We'll talk on Monday's episode. Feel free to hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a review. Even if you don't listen to the program, Chuck, when you leave a review, it helps push the podcast up to the sports pile. And if your name is Carrie Underwood, I mean, I still admire you. Just don't let them do that to your song. <laughs> Ten minutes left in the Garth Brooks waiting room, Notre Dame tickets. I guess we'll have to wait till Monday to see if uh, Corey gets his tickets or not. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button. This has been Sportsiac. You've been listening to Sportsiac, proving anybody can have a podcast. Sportsiac on the studio DNA network. This is Jimmy Schultz.